The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to the 245th episode of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? doing well we're right in the middle of the playoffs my alarm bells are going off because it's playoff season and it's been fun usually i think the playoffs get interesting around the second round because those are like the better teams but this year it feels like almost all the series are competitive um and almost all the teams can make noise i think boston atlanta is probably the only one where it's like feels like it's over already and and philly and philly and brooklyn i think is yeah I over as that. well like those those two, like I don't, I, I don't know what the Bovada Sportsbook.com odds are of those series, but I would imagine they're. I have uh, them up if you're curious. But yeah, I, I mean, I would it. imagine for those, they're minus ten thousand. Honestly, like I don't, I mean, maybe not that much, yeah. but you're, no, you're exactly right. Actually, Boston's minus ten thousand, Philly's minus five thousand. Yeah, I mean that sounds. So you I, have to bet sounds, ten thousand dollars to win a hundred. Hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, sounds reasonable to me. Like Atlanta. Um, this isn't the series that I really want to spend time talking about, but like in game one, I thought Atlanta just looked like they did not want to be there. Like, and I'm not saying that they don't want to be there. I just, it just felt like Trey, I think missed his first six shots. And then all of a sudden it was just like, man, they're outclassed. And I, and I will say like, I, I think that there have been some very interesting game ones and games, two, game twos. And then obviously like golden state and Sacramento has been an outstanding series. Sacramento up two nothing. And then Clippers and Phoenix has been really good so far. Uh, that's tied one, one, but like, Boston, I think, is probably my biggest takeaway. And I don't know if it's just the competition, but like, man, Boston looks really good, Zan. Like, and and with the potential like Giannis bruised tailbone, I just Boston and Philly might be the Eastern Conference Finals if Giannis is not healthy. And I just think Boston looks really, really strong. And like I said, part of it might be Atlanta, but I don't know. Well, you're saying Boston Philly could be the Eastern Conference Finals. That's not possible. I just mean that like the winner of that series is uh, gonna is is gonna is, win the East. It, it it's gonna feel like the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, yeah, I, I might take away with Boston as well because it's just like every time you watch other teams, you can see holes. And with Boston, there's really nothing that you could point to as a weakness. You might say, like, hey, they don't have a top five player, maybe. I don't know if, to, if you think Tatum's there or not. But, like, you know, top to bottom, like, the starting lineup's good. They have depth. They have toughness. They have wings. They have bigs. They have guards. Derek White's been great. Derek White has been, like, outstanding for, like, the last, like, the half of the season, too. Like, he's, yeah, he's averaging, you know, like... like He's averaging like 25 points a game in this series. Do you know who deserves some credit for that, actually? And I wonder if he'll get any credit in the media or from the players or the franchises, Ime Adoku. Because Derek White, you know, was a spur, and he had coached with him on the USA team. They brought him on a USA team just to sort of be like a glue guy, you know, good veteran or whatever. But that that told me a lot. Like, Popovich and Adoku, like, think Derek White deserved to be on the Team USA. Like, they thought highly of him in on and off the court, and he's proven to be really good on the court as well. Yeah, I think the one thing with Boston, just along the same vein that you're saying, is that like, 
in the playoffs as rotations get shorter. You know, maybe you're worried about Boston, like with Luke Cornett as their like fourth big or their third big. Like maybe you're worried Blake Griffin has to play, but like in the playoffs, like they're solid seven. Yeah. Like with Tatum Brown, Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Horford, Robert Williams, like it's going to be hard to be better than that seven, you know? And they and it's, can, it's weird that Grant Williams has sort just, of fallen off that because he was supposed to get like 15, 20 million in the press. Yeah. And he, he, he had such a big playoffs last year. So he can't even play for this team. That's how good they are. That That's actually one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the like end of the season has been that like Grant Williams is just out of the rotation and like Sam Hauser is getting his minutes. And I think, you know, one, we may see Grant Williams get some more minutes against a team like Philly where they have a big that's, you know, very difficult to guard. They need some more fouls like they have some bigger wings. Atlanta doesn't really have that. Right. Like who's Grant Williams going to guard John Collins? Like that doesn't really make a lot of sense against Philly. Like you can hide him on PJ Tucker. He can, he can give you some growth in terms of like rebounding, but yeah, I I am really stunned at that, that he's just totally out of the rotation right now. Well, you know what actually might be a bigger story than Boston being really good because we suspected they were very good and maybe they're a great team. Golden State's lost two tough games. So it's not like they're, you know, the sky is falling, but it's just like an accumulation of things that make you think, gosh, what a nightmare season from start to finish for them. You know, starting with the punching Jordan Poole and then Wiggins is missing time and now they're down 0-2 and now this is the top story of the day. Draymond Green is officially suspended. We weren't sure if it was going to happen for game three. That puts them really in the danger zone. God, I feel like we could just talk about this series specifically for 60 minutes, yeah. honestly. like So, all right. What do you want to start? Where you want to start with Draymond Green, or what? What do you want? You want to start with Sacramento? Like, what? What do you think? There's a lot of things to talk well, about. Well, yeah, it's funny because every everyone's talking about the series, and it's almost always ninety percent talking about Golden State side of things, which is understandable because they, they you know they've been so good. Um, Sacramento, you know, we'll give him a short credit. You know, Monks played really well. Davion Mitchell, this is like the first time he's like shown. Like a usefulness. Really he played well. He year, played very. Right? He played very well in game two. Like yeah, very twenty-eight well minutes. He had two steals. Played good defense. This is sort of like what he's perfect for. Um, and the Warriors just can't really figure out the right combination. So on the other end, a couple things I think. Right, one, Golden State for all their talent and uh, all their like internal strife, if you will. Like they were eleven and thirty on the road this year, right? So they, that's what. 25% one in one out of every four games they went on the road, right? Very easy math. Yeah. So they need to win one out of four road games in this series. And I think pretty much everybody assumed like they were favorites on Bovada before the series started. Like, you know, they were actually pretty high up to win the West. And I think the first two games have shown me one specific thing about them. They, they really, really, really struggle to guard on the perimeter. And that's not what you'd usually expect from them, right? Because they do have, like, you know, they have Draymond, like, Looney can switch. Wiggins is an okay defender. They have a lot of size and length. They can switch a ton. But, like, they have been getting eaten alive by De'Aaron Fox's ability to just, like, get head and shoulders by, get into lane, like, make things happen, right? Sabonis did not play well in game one. They couldn't stop Monk and De'Aaron Fox. Then all of a sudden in game two, Fox shoots a little bit worse. But then all of a sudden Davion Mitchell is a problem and Sabonis is playing better. And it's like how is Golden State going to win enough games? Like, let's say they play Memphis in the next round and, and we don't know what John Morant's health is or let's say they play, like, it's probably a better matchup if they play if they were to win and play the Lakers, right? Because they don't have anyone off the bounce unless you're a real believer in Austin Reeves. Like, 
I just think like Golden State's perimeter defense is just a problem right now. And I, I don't know that they'll be able to guard at the level to to get out of the West. And, and you know, we kind of thought, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, I think you thought Golden State last week was the favorite on this side of the bracket. Is that fair to say? Uh, no, uh, I would say slightly Denver, but no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. On the bottom of the bracket, yeah, yeah. like on I, the I, two, I, seven, yes. three, six part of the bracket, you thought Golden State was yes. probably the, the favorite, right? Yes. And, and even now on Bovada down O2 with dream on out, they're only plus plus one fifty. So people are still believing in them, but yeah, I, I wonder, you know, plus we, 150 we like, would make them the, the underdogs, underdogs not like yeah. a huge, a huge underdog. I mean, they could just win three straight in Golden State and then you just got to win one out of two in Sacramento. And I think, this seems easier said than done, right? But you would take Steph Curry in a in a win one out of two situation, would you not? Yeah, against a young team, like I don't know how I many. St- I still think they have a chance, like because oh yeah, I, I, think don't, I don't think they're done. I don't think. No, I think they have two problems though from a roster point of view, which is weird because they won the title last year, but and it's the same team, right? Um, one you texted me, I hope is what you're going to say, but go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Cause you would love to defend Draymond. You're the last man on standing uh, on. You think Draymond's a great guy. You think he, I have um, never said, he, I think that he's a great <laughs> guy, but I do think Draymond is a very good basketball player. Anyway, okay. Well, on. yeah. Cause you disagree with both these points, but it's clear to me that Jordan Poole is better without Steph than with Steph. Like when he's, when Steph's out, he could do his best Steph impression, jack up shots. And he's pretty good at that. If he's playing alongside Steph Curry, you want Steph to have the ball. And so what's Jordan Poole doing except running around and playing poorly on defense and not getting rebounds? Like He doesn't really have a usefulness when Steph's out there and their defense, perimeter defense, is really bad. So I I think like from a big picture point of view, that's a huge problem when you have both guys under a long-term contract for a lot of money. Well, I don't think that... So as you know, I do not agree with that they can't play together. Their lineup data is actually quite good when they play together. Um, Steph and Poole specifically, like once you start adding like Jonathan Kaminga into the mix, you know, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, I do think the issue though, is that I don't think you necessarily want Steph to have the ball, but you need to have somebody on the ball that is able to distribute a little bit better than Jordan Poole can. And I think, you know, Steph, in my opinion is just, I know he gets like he plays point guard nominally, right? But like, I, in my opinion, he's just not a point guard, right? I, I don't know if you agree or disagree with what that. We talked about this saying? a lot, but like, I just don't think Steph is a point guard. Like, it's not who he is, and no. you need to be able to kind of like split the touches up. And so that's why you know our guy Draymond is so important because he is very responsible when he's in the game for you know taking a lot of the offense through him. Even though we talk about like he can't score and whatever, but like there's a lot of dribble handoffs through him and a lot of times where he is kind of the focal point, you know, obviously Steph is the main part of it, but in terms of getting the ball into other spots, like Draymond's a part of it too. And that, that's issue- a fair point. Cause it's like Steph can get shots for himself and, or he needs a little help to get open, but he is not like a drive and kick guy like Luca. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not who he is. And, and Jordan Poole is not that. And I think that was the next step for Jordan Poole, right? Is when you play him and Steph together, you are obviously going to be, defensively limited on the perimeter pool is a miserable defender like trey young level bad defender curry is better than that but you know when you have a bad defender on the court that you're trying to cover up like it's it's hard uh but i think that pool didn't take that next step uh, in my opinion as as a combo guard if you will like he, he hasn't taken that next step as a playmaker and that is a problem i think the two of them can play together i think their lineups, when it's the two of them, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond are fine. When it's the two of them, 
Wiggins, Looney, and Draymond are fine. Clay, Looney, and Draymond, those lineups are all plus when they play together. Um, so I don't think that that's like a massive issue. But I mean, it's an issue. I think it's an issue. You think it's an issue? I think it's an issue in this series specifically because it's very hard to play the two of them together. Because but you would think it'd almost be fine because the Kings are playing kind of small. Well, well, what I don't understand is. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, the Warriors are just not able to get stops when they need to. Like, I'm not worried about the Warriors from, like, an offensive perspective. But the Kings are scoring, like, 1.4 points per possession or something in the series. Like, that's, like, one, that's unsustainable. But, two, like, they're not just shooting the ball well. Like, they just get whatever shot they want. And that's where – that's the pool Curry problem, I think. Not on offense. Well, you know what I think uh, the other issue, too, and I know you're going to defend Draymond, is, like – Back in my day, in the 90s, like each team had like one shooter, basically, (laughs) like a designated shooter. And um, now it's like a team can't play. You you could basically have one non-shooter, you know, where it's like you can cover for that guy, but everyone else has to be able to shoot. If you have more than that, you you have problems. And I think having Looney and Draymond is a problem, you know, and like the Draymond... You know he's he's in shape and and he can sometimes he be shape. aggressive, but he's just not a shooter. He's not. He looks very tentative at scoring in general, and so I think that's more the reason they make him a passer than than he's such a great passer. What because you, how how is that even a real opinion that he's like he's a passer because that's how he plays? I understand what you're saying. Like he's not a shooter, but they're not making him play a specific way. No, no. But I I just think he's like one out of ten. He's like a six, and they're making they're treating him like a he's a ten an eight I, because. Uh, you know I, think I, mean? like, I think collectively for his career in terms of like passing forwards, he's a 10, like five are, assists, five turnovers last night, or one, he's averaging eight ago. assists per game for, I mean, it's two games, obviously, but he's got 16 assists in two games. So, you know, yeah, but he, it's like, basically like, you know, I think it's a little bit of that's, we need you with the ball in your hands because we don't want you without the ball in your hands. Cause you're so ineffective without the ball in your hands, you know? In terms of scoring, I, I think the. I mean, I don't but know. here's my point. We've, are, my, we've yelled tell, about tell me this. If you, I, and so in general, you're like, hey, Looney's a rebounder, energy guy. Draymond's good as a defender, disruptor, whatever. I just think that Gary Payton can give them what Looney can give them in terms of energy and rebounding, and I'd rather have his perimeter defense than Looney's. I guess pretty good switchable well, big defense i think the problem is that that looney draymond lineup is actually like a pretty good offensive rebounding lineup and again when you're the warriors like against a team like the kings because you're right they are playing small like when they, they played that looney draymond offense or uh, last year against the celtics a lot who played small right with either horford at the five or sometimes robert williams but they did that because like that was a, a way for them to kind of get better on the glass and so like i don't disagree with you that you can play you know, Peyton at the four. Uh, I think the problem is like when you play Gary Peyton at the guard spot, because you you still really do have two non-shooters, right? Like you, you trade out. Sure. And that's true. But I'd rather have the perimeter. Like who's going to punish you on the other end. It's like Sabonis is their one big who can really punish you. I don't think you need a big guy to guard Keegan Murray who hasn't done much. No, but like Trey Lyles had a really good game one and like, you know, yeah, but stretch that, that's big, obviously. I'd rather focus on guarding Deer and Fox than Actually, Alex Len had a pretty good game one, but they That's really true. only they really only played him when 
Steph was out of the game, which makes sense because I think you just get wrecked on defense. But my my concern. Well, well, you know what? We'll test this theory in in game three because without they won't have Draymond. Yeah, so they'll have to play small. Unless I don't, you didn't even have a backup big guy anymore. So Michael Green, I guess. I want to. I want to kind of talk a little bit more about Draymond because I think that there's there's a couple like things at play here. Um, what an ass! First of all, (laughs) like like I just have no other comments. I. I mean, all these people that are like, oh, but he grabbed his leg. Like, even Shaquille O'Neal, like, was arguing about this inside the NBA. Like, he literally stomped on yeah. Sabonis. Like, you just can't do that. That would be like if, I, if like, I ran into you at the grocery store and you just turned around and punched me in the face. And you were like, oh, man, he ran into me. Like, I had no other choice. Right? Well, you know, it's funny. I was on jury duty last week. And that was basically the case. It's like, if you're in a fight, at what point is it self-defense? At what point is it? over the line of self-defense like if you if you slap me i can't just like take a two by four and knock you that's that's what i'm saying like it's not you know and and sabonis got a technical like he was punished but here here's the even further part about this right so draymond gets thrown out of the game i thought it was warranted i think there were a lot of people that were like oh this is a bad ejection but like again you have to draw the line somewhere draymond deserves zero benefit of the doubt at this point like you said like you know this is the second time in his career where he's cost them a game in the playoffs because He's not available, right? And now he's not available for game three, a game that they absolutely have to win because of this. But I don't think he gets suspended if he doesn't act like such a jerk as he's coming off the court. Like he's like yelling at the Kings fans, like doing the Hulk Hogan. Can you hear me? Like, I I just, (laughs) I I totally agree with you. I think that's what got him. That's what I think too. Like, it's just, and he was like kind of grabbing his junk and stuff. I don't know. It was so weird that, and you know, he did this. Again, Boston, you know, they were yelling F Draymond last year and like that gets him fired up. And I think in a lot of ways, Draymond is who he is, right? He's, uh, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame. I know you don't agree with it, but it's whatever. He's got four titles, obviously a huge part of their dynasty, but like this is who the guy is. And like, he's going to lose his mind every now and again. Seems like more often <laughs> well, it than is, not. And like, yeah. I, I just think you're, you're. If you're the Warriors, it is so clear at this point that like you can't do anything about it, right? If he's on your team. Like and and then this is where I think it's interesting cuz like if you think that every single coach in the Western Conference if they play Golden State's not like, "Hey, like bait him. Like get him going." Like because he's good he he responds every single time. He cannot stop. Yeah, you you made two good points and I agree with you. Like it's fun, first of all. It's fun to watch him like be Hulk Hogan. It's it is wrestling at a certain point. And there he's, are some, he's like that. He's a good villain for sure. Yeah, for sure. And there are some athletes in actual non-wrestling sports who play up that role for purposes of popularity, like Floyd Mayweather kind of likes being the bad no, guy. No, that's who he is. He's he's the heel, right? Like yeah, that's who he's they the are. heel. Conor McGregor talks trash or whatever. Yeah. But it feels calculated. Like I think you're right, where Draymond, like when he acts up, like he just can't help himself. Yeah, like, don't he's you kind of a loose cannon? He's a little bit, he's got a little bit of like Rashid Wallace in him where yeah. He just could not turn it off. And then, you know, like Rashid would get these texts, like even before he started to go off because officials knew it was coming. And that's like, I think, let, let's just say we were talking about Alex Len. Let's pick Alex Len. Let's say Alex Len stomped on Yvonne Looney and just walks off the court. I bet you he's playing in game three. Even if he looked at the crowd, I bet you he's probably playing in game three. But it's Draymond. And like, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. No, I agree. Doing stuff like this. And so, one of the things I thought was very interesting, and I went back and watched this, but like Jordan Poole like reacted and laughed at Draymond. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. You got punched in the face by this guy at the start of the season. But like you didn't see like Steph or like Steve Kerr or Clay, like 
even come up and try to like escort him. They didn't do anything. Like, well, and, that, and that I, was the other great point I think you made. Like, they've lost control they, in this. I sense. don't even know like, that they've lost control. I just think it's like they they just. I don't. Do they ever have control? No, maybe they never had control. But the most telling quotation or that really kind of bummed me out actually, because I love Steve Kerr as a person, as a coach. They asked him about it, and he was said. You know, I didn't really see the play. I didn't see the replay. I was doing something else. I'm like, you didn't see the replay of this extremely heated moment. Like, it's just not credible. And to me, that me that meant like, I I can't control Draymond. You know, I don't want to even get involved. And that's kind of sad, you know, for a coach to think that about you know one of his star players. It's just. So I want to read you. I want to read you like what one of my friends said. So this is one of my good friends. Um, he doesn't work in basketball anymore, but he used to. And he said uh, something along the lines of like, I saw people online complaining that the Warriors coaches did nothing to stop Draymond from talking and they know who he is and that he isn't going to shut up. So they not, they're not just going to like rev him up. They're just going to like let him tire himself out. And I joke back that like, that's how I handle my kids, right? Like they throw a tantrum and you just kind of let it happen because it's going to happen regardless. And then by the time it's done, then you can talk to them. Like uh, what, what purpose does it serve to try to like, I think that's a great argument in general. Like if somebody's heated and arguing, it's not the best time to rationalize with them, you know? Yeah. It just isn't, it just, it's, it's so weird to me. And, and again, I I don't want to use this like podcast as like a referendum on Draymond because again, he's got four titles. Like you called him a child, basically (laughs) you called him a toddler. I think he is a child. Like I, I don't, I really don't understand. Like, when he does what he does, instead of just owning, it's almost like he like has to make it worse, right? He just assumes like he's the victim here. And like, you know, he's got his own podcast now. So he's going to go on and talk about how like the NBA is soft, I'm sure. And like, he didn't deserve it. And like, he doesn't understand that like, that's half the reason why this is happening because of who he is. And like, also a lot, one of the reasons he's as good of a player as he is or was, if you don't think he's good now. And one of the reasons he's made as much money as he has is because this is the way he acts, right? You get the whole package. I just wonder if the Warriors are like, you know what, like, man, enough yeah. is enough, right? But the the hard and, part is like they, you know, it felt like Jordan Poole was almost like the heir apparent to either Steph or Clay. Like he could right. do some of the things they do. And he played they five. Don't have that guy. You that that was what I thought you were going to bring up. Their biggest problem, one of their biggest problems, is that like, what is it, three lottery picks in right. the last and, three and years? Two of and, them, like, you know, Wiseman's Eisen's, not the guy. Kaminga is not going to be Draymond next year. It's like they don't have another Draymond. Right. And I think that's the issue, really, is that, like, again, the Warriors won the title last year. So yeah. if they lose in the playoffs this year, like, it's it's not a disaster. Like, not every team can win the title every single year. Right. right? That said, like, you're, to your point, like, Moses Moody can't play in the playoffs. Kaminga doesn't look like he's ready to play in the playoffs. So, like, you really have Steph. Clay is not as good defensively as he was. He, he looks all the way back offensively. Draymond is clearly a shell of himself from a scoring perspective. He never was a great scorer, but he really struggles to score. Looney is who he is. Iguodala is done. Like, this is a team that, like, yeah, they have an open window because Steph is one of the best players of all time, but they've whiffed on their ability to get better once guys move on. And so, I mean, I don't know if, like, again, I don't want to speculate that, like, Tuesday night or Monday night, I think, was the end of a dynasty and, like, Draymond's on his way out the door and, like, that's a big piece because he was a huge piece of what they've done. But I do I do think the writing is on the wall that sooner rather than later, he's just not going to be on the Warriors. You know, I, I saw I, another interesting interview with, with Steve Kerr about Durant's time there. This was an interview a few weeks ago. And he said the first year Durant was great. 
you know, receptive, you know, loved the offense. Second year, great. Everything's great. And he's like, the third year, like right away, it was just tough. Like it was just like things were just not clicking personality-wise, basketball-wise. It was like a long, you know, uncomfortable year. And it feels like this maybe is that dream on season where it's just like, like it's like a marriage or whatever. It's like we're kind of sick of each other at this point, even if we've had success and we've had a long run. Yeah, it's 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 that Pat Riley thing, right? Like the disease of me or disease of more or whatever, yeah. where like, you know, Steph gets a ton of credit and then KD comes in and KD gets a lot of credit. And like we know because because Draymond has said this before, that like he feels like he deserves a lot of credit. And when when do the new, you know, it's interesting because the Warriors are so over the luxury tax. And the new CBA like limits teams like them flexibility. Does that go into effect next year? Uh, two years, I think. Right? Because I think they, they almost have to act quickly because it's like you can't just let Draymond walk out the door because like you still see your team is good enough to contend I, with a decent I, replacement. That's that's kind of my point here is that I don't expect them to just be like, all right, we're done with Draymond. Like you 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 take the good with the bad and like look, we could come back next week. The Warriors could rattle off. I don't know if the series would be over. I don't know if game six would be before next Tuesday or Wednesday. I, I can't recall the schedule off the top of my head, but like we come back next week and it's Warriors winning six, right? And then yeah. it's just like, hey, Draymond's an idiot, but like he's this is who he is, right? He got his suspension out of the way to begin with. So I think that I agree with you that like if they are going to move on from Draymond, and I and I would say, like, realistically speaking. It makes sense, I think, to move on from Draymond, maybe for every team in the league except for them, because he's very hard to replace specifically for what they do. But also, you know, he is older now. Like he's in his yeah. early, he's, you know, old by NBA standards. And he definitely is not the same player that he was. And I don't know if I, I mean, I don't think I would pay him 20 million a year. It, uh, you're just your just return on that investment is probably very limited based on who he is as a player, not just what he does in the locker room, but also what he does in the locker room is kind of important too, right? Like he just, well, I think the either two teams that would pay him two types of teams. One is like when the Lakers acquired Westbrook, where they're just like, we'll overpay makes, based on reputation. You know, he and, could be, he could make a lot of sense on the Lakers, but anyway, yeah. or a team that's like young and doesn't care about money. Cause they have so much cap room like Detroit, or, you know, or Houston, where it's like, we want the veteran leadership. All our guys are on rookie deals. We have fifty million in cap room. Let's bring in Draymond. Yeah, let's bring in Draymond for thirty million. And all right, so make everyone a little better, maybe. All right, so gut feel, just a yes or no. Hopefully, this will be on Bovada. But Draymond Green trade deadline twenty twenty four. Is he on the Warriors or not? I say yeah. I would lean to yes. I think so too. Feel because it's like they're so committed at this point. Like they already put all their money in this basket. Yeah, it's it's just a weird, it's a very weird situation with him because, I mean, he like breaks the internet like once every three months, yeah. right? And you just kind of take it. And again, it, it puts his team in a bad situation. But it also, like you said, it's it's kind of interesting because we get to see him play small. But the tough part is, you know, they they do lose arguably their best. I mean, Steph is their best playmaker. Don't get me wrong, but like they lose arguably their the, you know the most important part of their front court in terms of what they do offensively. So. Against the Kings, it probably won't hurt them. I would still expect – I don't know if the Warriors are actually favorites in Game 3. I would assume they are yeah. still favorites in Game 3. Let's check um, it out. I think they are as well. Um, but – and the other reason that Draymond, I would incline to think he's still there is that as sick as everyone is of Draymond, like Steph doesn't seem to be. You know, he still seems <laughs> to appreciate Draymond and what I he brings to the table. I think, yeah. I, I do think that um, – They're minus five and a half, actually. <laughs> 
Wow. Minus, that's on Bovada. They're minus five and a half. Yeah. That's uh, more than I, that's, that's a lot, but that that's also, a lot. I guess the suspension news came out like late last night. So they, that would have reflected it, but anyway, so uh, I guess, well, I so guess, what would they be with Draymond? Like minus eight. I mean, that's like, you think he's worth two and a half points at home? Probably not. I don't think. Well, the depth is pretty limited. Yeah, it is. I, I do think, like I said, you were, you were kind of on something onto something when you said like, you know, the, the whiff on all of the lottery picks yeah. and like, I get, I get drafting Kamingo, right. I, I don't think at the time drafting Wiseman made a ton of sense, but again, it is what it is. Moses Moody. I think they thought was more of a plug and play guy. I, I think I said at the time, if we listened to our draft recap that I was really worried about his athleticism at the NBA level, but again, they've, they've, you know, they made Jordan Poole into a good player. So, but that's really the biggest problem is like, you, you just can't Steph and clay aren't going to be good forever. You know, like, you know, who's kind of a forgotten man who, um, Pat Baldwin is on the team. He's a rookie, though. Like he's a rookie. He shot thirty eight percent from three, though, and he's six nine. So, can he be, you know, Trey Lyles? That's realistic, right? It's a low bar. Trey Lyles. It's a low bar, but we, Trey, if you need somebody, Trey Lyles has, has bounced around a good bit. But all right, let's move on I, I, real quick before we move on. From oh, this so, series. who do you think's going to win? So I, think I was going to. I was going to ask yeah. you. I don't know. I, I think the Warriors the are going to win Game Three. I hope the Kings win the series. That's all I'll say. I think the Warriors are going to make it a series and Kings will win in seven. I, I, I've, I I've kind of enjoyed, you know, it's it's fun. And I, I think Cleveland falls under this category as well. But it, it is fun to watch teams kind of like announce themselves as like, you know, good teams. Right. And I'm not saying the Kings are a title contender and are close to being a title contender. Obviously, there's some major flaws that kind of, I think can kind of how they're constructed. But, like, it's fun to watch De'Aaron Fox play really well, right? It's fun to watch Malik Monk play really well. Like, those guys, they seem to be about the right things. The Kings play a very fun style of basketball to watch, like, pedal to the metal the entire game. Like, they're trying to score. And, like, so I I think it's fun to watch guys get credit on a national stage. Because, like, don't get me wrong, Zan. Like, nobody thought the Kings were going to be very good this year. They went, like, 11th in our wins draft or 12th. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just don't think a lot of the national public is watching – De'Aaron Fox, but against the Warriors, they'll watch him and it's fun. He did win clutch player of the year. Yeah, that was weird. Probably just because he made like a remember he made like a three-quarter court game winner. No, he's yeah, his stats are good. But I agree with you in in terms of the demise of the Warriors being overrated. Like, you know, you tend to think, oh, this team three-peated, whatever. But look at the Spurs, where it's like they win one, they don't, they win one, they don't. You know, there's a gap here or there. The Warriors didn't win for three years and then they win again. Like they're still in the mix. The franchise will be next year. Yeah, the franchise is great. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's you take the good with the bad with Draymond. Like you don't you don't have four titles without that guy. And so like, yeah, this is your flavor of the week that like Manny's put us in a bad spot in the first round of the playoffs in a game that we have to win, but like you know, it is who he is. I'm sure there's much crazier stories of stuff. But it's, great it's just first it's round series. Really good first round series. And the other really good first round series is also in the West, and that's Phoenix and uh the Clippers, like yeah. the Suns and the Clippers. And game one was awesome. Um, it was really funny, I thought, game one, because you were so excited about how bad Russ was on offense, and he was horrific shooting the ball. And then he literally made, like, every hustle play and defensive play down the stretch. And they ultimately, like, Kawhi was great on offense, and Russ basically won in the game on defense and on offense, for that matter. But uh, the Suns and the Clippers are really interesting. I think the Clippers are drawing dead in this series. I have no idea what the Bovada odds are, but I certainly would not be betting on the Clippers. Uh, they lose game two. They lose game two on Tuesday night. Devin Booker plays really well. Um, Russ actually plays really well on offense, but you know Phoenix. It's just a stylistic thing. Like if you think they can make enough twos to overcome the fact that they yeah. play 
poorly on offense, you can buy into them. But yeah, I agree with what you said before the series is that their their depth is an issue for sure. Like they got to find a way, especially if Chris Paul is going to play the way that he's played in two games. They've got to find a way to find, you know, a fifth, sixth, seventh guy who can give them good minutes. Yeah. And the clip, and, and the, but I think, yeah, I watched the, the whole game is so fun to watch because it's just like such high level, you know, yeah, kind of felt, playoff basketball. It felt really intense, right? Like Warriors, yeah. Warriors Kings felt cool because, like, especially because Sacramento was going nuts, the fans were great. Game one of this specific series felt like every possession mattered. It was really kind of interesting, I thought. That's the only one that I really got that feel from. Yeah. And it's also like watching Kawhi, who looks basically back, and Kevin Durant. Like, you're talking about, you know, two of the top 20 players of all time going at it. It's really fun. It is. And I'm, it always, is great. And I'm, I'm always so impressed with Booker. Like, I feel like he gets better every year almost. It's funny. You were so impressed with him in game one, and I thought he was, like, not good in game one. Well, I thought he was good defensively, well, defense but I thought he was, was bad on offense. Yeah. yeah. His defense has gotten better. And, you know, mid-range master. And I, I think you touched on, like, what I think the key is for the Suns as a franchise, and I don't know if they're going to get there. But it's a, it's almost like they are they are the Durant as a team. Like, they're the embodiment of Durant in the sense that, like, yeah. It's like they want to be mid-range guys. Like if you just shoot more threes, you'd be so much better. Well, it's funny. Like they made 10 threes on Tuesday night. And and one of the biggest reasons, like Tory Craig was five for eight from three, right? We don't expect that to be the case, yeah. but it seems like they want Tory Craig to be that fifth guy, right? Well, and, and he's fine in that role, but it's like I'm talking about Durant and Booker and even Chris Paul, where it's like yeah, just constant. They, they made a point like of emphasis, like we're gonna shoot more threes in game two. You know, the math it says to do that. And they only shot 24, you know, sons and I mean the Warriors and Kings series, they're shooting about forty threes a game. So to, to go, yeah, up they're to playing a good team for that too, right? Because the Clippers only shoot the Clippers shot, I think, thirty on Tuesday night, but they don't shoot a ton of threes either. They shoot some threes for sure. No, yeah, they they're both mid range teams, but it's like if you know, I get that Durant likes you know he's good at shooting twos, great. Booker is one of the only guys mid range. It's great. But it's like you're on a talented team where you can get threes now. You could get open shots, like take the open three or take a continue, you know, like that's the way to win. That's what it's the always, Warriors would do. In game one, I remember a specific possession. I think Kawhi hit a three. It was like late in the fourth quarter. Kawhi hit a three and Durant took this like ridiculously tough three, like fading to the right in front of the Clippers bench and made it. And I was like, man, like this guy is just addicted to taking the hardest shots he can possibly take. But he's so good. I will say you pointed this out. So I don't know if you were going to call this out now, but. I don't think Durant looks 100%, and I don't think it's a he needs to play his way back into shape thing. To me, he looks he looks a little bit slow. He looks um, a little bigger, too. Like, I, I Actually, I thought that as well, that he looked he a little looks bigger. A little, yeah, a little out of shape-ish. Like, and it's tough because he's the skinniest guy on the face. Of the yeah, but like his Holmgren, middle but he, looks His bigger, middle right? looks a little softer, right? I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, and maybe, you know, it's, it's very possible, like, he could have, like, the hardened, like, gut protector on or whatever, or the fat suit. I don't know. Like... <laughs> But he does. <laughs> fat Kevin Durant. It's like fat Thor. It's like, what is going on? He does. He does. He doesn't look fat by any means. But I I noticed that in game one. I was like, man, Durant looks a little bit heavier than we've That's seen. That's interesting. Because I, I took it as like conditioning and like coming back from injury, playing 44 minutes. And it's most reflected on defense where he's like not he can. in his rotations and he's not. He looks lazy on defense at times. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. He didn't he doesn't seem to be moving as crisp. I agree with that, I think, is is kind of my biggest takeaway. And and while I think Kawhi is also not moving quite as well as he used to, part of that I think is that he's just old. But like 
these aren't two teams that like they don't lock you up, right? Yeah. Like the Suns are going to have to play a Denver team. Let's say the Suns win, and, and again, I do think the Suns are going to win in five or six. Um, maybe the maybe the Clippers get another one, but they're minus three hundred. So Vegas agrees with the you. Suns are minus three hundred. Wow, that's a lot. I that might be a little bit overvalue for me personally, but but I do think that like the Suns, I, I just like. You know, Chris Paul's trying to get in the lane and, like you said, take tough shots, and he makes a ton of them. But, you know, he wasn't in game one. He made a bunch more in game two. But, like, DeAndre Ayton, he just, it's just not there, man. Like, they need him so badly. And he kind of gets penciled in as this, like, fourth star that, like, you know, he makes this money and, like, he's going to be really good. And it's like, I, I watched this guy play and I'm like, why is he not more of a factor? Well, and also, like, you're playing on a team with, like sort of finesse scores for the most part, and you're the one big guy. I don't, and I don't by, that really, alone, by that yeah. alone, you should be grabbing like 13, 14 rebounds. I, I, it's not even that I want him to be like more rugged. He had 13 rebounds on Tuesday yeah. night. He had three offensive boards. It's not even that I want him to be more rugged. It's like, I just want him to like be more of a factor. Like I want to see him like, you know, screen and roll hard or like post up hard, like get yourself some space, take a jumper when you catch the ball in a trail position. So like, we know you're a factor. There's just parts of the game where you're like, man, he just doesn't want to be, like he's not interested in this possession. And I hate to say that because it's like it's like that BS, like get off my lawn, old tough guy, like Bobby Knight. Like, but I just from for Aiden, like they, they he has to play well for them to be as good as they can be. And like, you know, 14 and 13 on seven to ten shooting, zero blocks, zero assists, zero steals. Like I, you probably need to do more, honestly. Well, it's interesting too, in a game where the Suns ended up winning by 14. They were down by like as many as 14, I think, at one point. The depth, you know, like who's that guy? Durant had to play 44. Booker played 45. You know, Torrey Craig, lock him in to the, at least the top six. You know, he's playing well. But beyond that, only 15 minutes for Josh Okoge, 14 for Landry Shamet. Biombo played 15. Like, I wish they, they just trusted two of those guys a little bit more. To play, to play 25, right? Yeah, like, like Okoge. Maybe it's Okoge and Shamet. Biombo. I don't, I don't know if you saw like he they got a, a couple, they got couple a, scoop shots. He tried like he had three offensive rebounds. Two were on his own misses. They got to stop. They have to play him a little bit just because like yeah. he's a good energy guy, but obviously he can't make free throws. So like you don't want him in the game for a ton. But like my god, like they're like trying to give him touches. In, and they have Devin Booker, Kevin Durant on the same team, and like Chris Paul's throwing it into Biombo, and it's like, look, man, like come on. And they like you know they played Jock Londale in game one, and then yeah. buried him in game two, and. You know, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with Landry Shamit. Like he can't get what's open shots. Terrence Ross is benched. TJ washed, Warren did, washed. didn't get anything. Yeah, Warren is an interesting one, man. Like this would be a series where you would think, like, all right, we actually could use another scorer, especially because yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's not like the Clippers, you know, are defensive geniuses out there. I will say the well, one thing about I, I wish Warden, you know, he didn't get this role in Brooklyn either, but like buy Kevin Durant 10 minutes, just go in there and try to score for 10 minutes yeah. and then give him a breather. It's, it's really interesting to see the Clippers rotation now. And I think Ty Lue did the right thing, uh, burying Marcus Morris. Like he just hasn't really been good. Might be in a Reddit post that you make later on this, uh, this week, but also like Robert Covington is totally out of the rotation. I think they need to play Norm Powell a little bit more, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Batum was so bad on Tuesday night. He's got to offer some resistance to Durant. Otherwise they have no chance in my opinion. And they probably wasted, you know, Westbrook was what, nine of 16, I think, last night, two yeah, of three from three. Points, eight for eight from the Probably line. wasted his best offensive performance. You you probably have to win if Russ plays that well on offense, I think. Yeah. And 
it's it, the, it's an interesting situation because Terrence Mann's good. And they don't unleash him. Bones Highland is just they're not cute. as deep, they're not as deep as we penciled them in to be without being able to play Morris and Covington. Like Powell and Mann is about Bones Highland has that sort of Jordan Poole disease. Like when he gets in there, he's firing him up. You know, he, he acts he like does. he's like a thirsty man he who's does. never had a drink before. I will say your boy Mason Plumley, and I know that you, you don't you don't get a lot of credit for a lot of your takes, but uh, Mason Plumley is a good <laughs> from back. you. Mason Pauly's a good backup big. He was yeah. pretty darn good in game one. He was not as good in game two, but. So you think they're dead. You think Phoenix moves on. But yeah, do you, have you seen enough from Phoenix to think they could beat Denver? No, I uh, <laughs> I would say. So Denver, uh, we're not going to talk a ton about Denver. They actually play tonight. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, they're up one nothing. They blew out the Wolves in game one. Rudy Gobert's questionable for game two. Um, I think they'll. I thought maybe Minnesota would get two games. I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way, but um, yeah, I was worried about Phoenix. I'm a little concerned about Phoenix. Actually, well, also, if you're worried to be about totally frank, I'm the, pretty concerned about everybody in the West, except Denver. I think Denver's fine. If you're worried about Phoenix's depth down low, you know, Aiton foul trouble. He had five the other night. Jokic, I wish he had a couple of bodies to throw at Jokic that were decent. That's you know? that's, that's one of the biggest problems, right? Is that like maybe Durant can guard Jokic in certain spots, but like they just don't, you know, neither one of these teams really matches up great. Like Devin Booker is going to have to guard Jamal Murray. That's fine. I guess Murray's got to guard somebody, but also like, you know, Michael Porter's not really going to guard, but Aaron Gordon is like an absolute like M effort to try to, you know, keep off the offensive glass and like, and he's a good guy to guard Durant. And then you have tough guards, you know, you could throw KCP or Bruce Brown. Now I, now, I won't say that I think that the Suns are drawing dead against Denver. I don't think that. I just I just think the first two games against the Clippers, I think I was more concerned than I than I otherwise thought I would be. Especially, be, and the main reason is that, you know, Chris Paul, I think, is for his own standard of play, I think Chris Paul is, like, all the way washed. You know, and I think he's fine. He's still, like, a good player, but he's not, like, Hall of Fame Chris Paul. But I'm concerned about Durant. Like, I yeah. I don't think we're going to get, I don't remember if it was 2020 or 2021 KD against the Nets where he just like went supernova and was like, I'm the best player in the world. Like, just give me the ball. I, I don't know if that guy is going to make an appearance in the playoffs, maybe once, but like, we're not going to see it. I don't think for, you know, 16, 16 games, which I thought we probably would. And I think you warned me against, but uh, he certainly doesn't look like he's that guy. It's kind of a testament to how good he ultimately is. I think he had what, like. 27, 11, and 9 in game yeah. one. And I actually thought he just played okay, personally. And some of the series are hard to talk about because we don't we don't have an update on Giannis. We don't have an update on Jeb Morant. Do you have any takes on Nick's Cavs is currently 1-1? Man, that was one of the worst games. Tuesday night's game was so bad. The Knicks were so bad. Uh, Josh Hart's injury is definitely a problem. Mm, I don't really have a ton of takes. I think Cleveland's better. Game one was really fun. Uh, Jalen Brunson's awesome. Like, I think Cleveland's better, though. And I think, again, I don't I don't expect Miami to win against the Bucs, especially, like, if Giannis is healthy. I'm assuming Giannis is going to play Wednesday night. Um, he didn't practice, but I'm guessing that was precautionary. But, like, I, I still don't think Cleveland, to me, is they need Evan Mobley to take a jump, which doesn't seem like it's happened yet in terms of it being a scorer. And then I think they need one more guy. Their their wing depth is just like a Koro is just not the guy, man. Chetty Osman can't make an open shot. Like I think they need another wing, and I wonder where that's yeah. coming from. Well, I think if they like get another the, wing, like it's sort of like the Sun situation where they're trying to find the fifth guy, sixth guy. They 
Levert played well in game two. Maybe he's the guy that you trust. I don't know. I trust him a little bit more than I do. A Kogi, I mean, not Kogi, a Koro. <laughs> um, and Osman, I guess. But I just think in general, that's a weak spot. But I think the Cavs are just better than the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell is really good. I know we go through this every year. Yeah. We're like, we're or like, in oh, Garland, I mean, like either one could give you a big game. Yeah. And, that's and Jared rare. and Jared Allen is like rock solid, like just very good at what he does. And so, you know, it's so that's like my favorite bet actually on the board. If you're looking at Bovada, you know, Knicks have home court advantage now, technically, but Cleveland minus 120 for the series. I just that's think they're good. better. I think they're a better team. I think they'd yeah, win the series seven out of nine times, seven out of 10 times, I should say. Yeah. And I think seven out of nine times is a nice number. And I think that like, Ultimately, I think in the playoffs, one of the things that matters is top end talent. And we know Cleveland has more, but also like I think New York just RJ Barrett needs to play a little bit less. You know, obviously Josh Hart is hurt, so you're not going to be able to play him quite as much. Quickly hasn't been as good, I think, as people expected. So, you know, Julius Randle's probably still banged up. I, I think it's it's a shame. I do think this series probably will be close. Maybe Cleveland in six, maybe Cleveland in seven. I don't know. But the Knicks are a little bit more banged up than than they're letting on, and I think that matters quite a bit in this series, personally, because yeah. like they're just not that deep, right? And and they're like they're not that good. I mean, you know, like they're all like they're solid. Yeah, they're good. They're solid. They're pretty good. Yeah, I said somebody told me like they really liked Brooklyn, and like named a couple guys that were coming off the bench, and I was like, yeah, like Brooklyn's like the bargain version of the Celtics, right? Like they have all these like very good pieces that like fit together, but like they don't have any stars. So like they can't win because they don't have Tatum and Brown. The Knicks are a little bit like that too, in the sense that like, you know, Brunson's really good. Like Julius Randle's really good, but like those can't be your two best players. You know what I mean? Like you can't win the title with those two guys. Um, Uh, Let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about the Lakers. That's probably. Because we don't know about Jaws side of things, but did the Lakers look like a legitimate contender to you? uh, No. But they did look frisky, I guess, not to steal a Bill Simmons term. Like, LeBron, I think, looks a little bit limited. Um, Anthony Davis, like, we thought he broke his arm or something in the first half of Sunday's game. Uh, They are very fortunate, I think. Fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it. Ja is a game-time decision for Wednesday night. But, you know, them and the Bucks do get the extended rest for games one, two, and three. So there has been what it's there's been two games off in yeah, between game one and two. And then they also get two games off between games two and three. And then it goes to one night, whether in LA, but you know, I think the Lakers are good. I think the Lakers probably should be favorites, not knowing what jaws status is um, very concerning to not be able to get stops against Austin Reeves in the fourth quarter. Also Rui. I mean, I'd be stunned if he plays that good in the Lakers uniform ever again, but yeah, 11 for 14, five for six from three. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, when he plays well, you can see why they traded for him because like, he's just so big, right? Like he's just a big wing. Who's like very tough to deal with. And I think, you know, Memphis, the Lakers have a lot of size, right? Even, even Austin Reeves is like a pretty big guard, but it's just, it's weird. Like Memphis didn't look like they could guard Dennis Schroeder. Like, they definitely didn't look like they could guard Anthony Davis. And then they just ran like pick and rolls with Austin Reeves and like Memphis couldn't get stops. And I don't know why that is. Um, So, but I I have to think like the Lakers winning game one in Memphis and John Morant having, you know, a bruised wrist. It's not broken. He's a game time decision, but like, that's a big problem. I I, I wonder if just like the injuries are going to have caught up a little bit to Memphis where they like, you know, they don't have Brandon Clark. They don't have Steven Adams and like that depth and size matters against a team like the Lakers. 
Mm-hmm. I, I tend to think what I thought, my takeaway in the series so far, and they're playing tonight, and that might have happened already, um, is it feels like the Lakers had an easy draw you know, against a wounded Minnesota team with no Gobert, maybe playing Memphis without a limited or not playing Morant. I think Memphis, like, there's more doubts to me about Memphis and just like, does their style win in the playoffs? Then I, it gives me confidence in the Lakers. Like, I still, like, I have no faith in Rui. I have limited faith in Austin Reeves. Like, I just think yeah, they that's, don't. That's have... how I feel about it. Like, they, they won a game where Rui and Austin Reeves were their two leading scorers. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I could almost, I want to look at the Sun, I mean, the Grizzlies in the series because I don't know. The Lakers, I, I'm not seeing a, title contender from this group what i don't understand about the lakers I'm, I'm really confused about how like troy brown is in the rotation and like why like why they don't trust malik beasley right i understand like you know play schroeder jared vanderbilt is a really great guy for this specific team to have just like austin reeves like those guys will do some dirty work like i just don't think the lakers they mm. look rickety to me mm-hmm. um you know, well, Memphis like, plus two forty for the series. So if you think that's they could really, win, that's, tonight, quite, that's quite a lot, honestly. You're saying that you would bet Memphis if you had to. Then I mean, plus two forty is a lot. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's like a fifty fifty. I have no idea. I, I I wouldn't bet it at all, not knowing if John Moran is like ready to go. Because if he doesn't, but if he the, doesn't the play, team has played well at times without Moran. I don't think he's like it's like losing Jokic. I think it's like I think they have a shot of winning games without him. So let me ask you a question. Would you just give more minutes to Luke Kennard? Because he played 20, I think he played like 26 minutes in game one. But uh, I would give him 47 minutes a night. No, I, it's a it's a weird fit on the roster, but I like Tyus Jones. It's a good fit with Tyus Jones and Moran. Like, it's just a wide open shooter a lot of times. I, I think Memphis is not deep enough with their injuries. Like, I'm not interested in David Roddy. <laughs> In a playoff series against LeBron. I'm just not, you know. What about Lofted, your boy, Kenny Lofton? I, I kind of wish they would play him. Like, I, you know, Jared Jackson. Poor Kenny Lofton. If you if you don't know who we're talking about, like that really heavy looking guy. Poor guy has been, just been productive everywhere he's been. He just got his signed in college. He signed in, a seven million dollar contract. What do you mean poor Kenny Lofton? I know, but like if you're him, you're like, what am I? This is a swimsuit contest or a basketball game like i've been <laughs> good know, everywhere last game of the season he had like 42 points or something and people yeah. were just like look how fat he is on the court it's so <laughs> funny and it's like i you know it's not it's not good man it's I, I, uh so you you like memphis I, I just don't know how you can possibly feel confident in them without Morant or or with a limited i genre. think he'll play i just don't see you know you get you wait all year you load manage you wait 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 for the playoffs and then you're if you're 50 50 you're gonna play how about the fact that John Moran shot zero free throws in game one? You got to get to the rim, big fella. Like, that's a huge deal. I just mean, you know, John Moran, big <laughs> stick your chest out. Like, yeah. All right. You got any other any other takes? Uh, you uh, want to fire off a take about Miami and Milwaukee? I did. Just because I was on Bovada, I thought it was an interesting bet I would look at. Fred Van Vliet, where will he play game one next year? They have that for all like the sort of. Pseudo free agents, yeah, yeah, like Luca, James Harden, Kyrie, but Toronto's minus three hundred. It just feels like just talking to Raptors fans on Reddit. Even I feel like they're kind of sick of each other. Those two sides. So I don't think he's going to stay with Toronto. And I've heard Orlando's interested. They're plus Orlando, huh? Yeah, sort of like a veteran. Let's overpay for a veteran. Kind of seems like a terrible idea to me. But I'm just telling you, plus four fifty. It's not a terrible idea. Write that one down. Uh. I guess the other call out is that uh, I like 
what we've seen from Tobias Harris so far. I don't know if it's like this is a good series for him or they're actually going to, you know, he's going to play consistently well in the playoffs. That changes things quite a bit for the Sixers if he does. Uh, but I do think if you forced me to overreact to the first week of the playoffs, I would like to change my title pick to Boston. Yeah, it'd be hard not to take Boston. And I will make this prediction. One of the reasons that I think the Lakers are vulnerable and might lose in this first round still, I just have this gut feeling that like LeBron's still not happy with this core. And his core sees, strength or the core of his team? I didn't know. Oh, his core of his team. Like, like I think he still wants Lillard or Kyrie or even Draymond or some other big piece. And so I don't know. Uh, how does that relate to winning or not in round one? I just think there's still the vibes are not as good as like people have been led to believe based on the fact that the fans cheer. And so we're going Austin Reeves, you know, so we're going, we're, we're making this prediction based on vibes. I appreciate vibes. that. Honestly. Yeah. It, it does matter. Some, I do think, you know, it's great. Like I, I love that. Um, for the longest time I kind of felt LeBron was like, not very self-aware. Uh, like he would, he would say things you'd be like, all right, what's wrong with this guy or whatever. But He's sort of in on the joke now about how he like lies all the time, right? You know, like they made fun, like Jalen Ramsey made fun of him when I was on a show. Like it was really funny. But after the game, he gave the quote about how like he always knew Austin Reeves was like not going to be a two way guy and like he was going to oh, be a superstar. And the internet was like going crazy and he was like laughing along with it. And I thought that was funny. I thought that was like a very likable LeBron moment of him being like, yeah, I do lie all the time. Al- like, although I- it's sort of like, I don't know. It's like an Anne Hathaway thing where it's like, are they responding because their PR person told them to like oh, roll with it or probably, I don't know. I mean, LeBron, I, I don't, I think he's fired his, at Anne Hathaway, by the way. I think he runs his own social media. LeBron. I mean, you, you, he you think he runs his own social media. You mean his own Twitter? You're saying or his own like Instagram. I think Yeah. he, the, some of the things he says, like, I think he, I think LeBron actually, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with this. I also, you're not really an uh, Instagram guy per se, yeah. but I do think LeBron has moments where like he goes home, kids are in bed and he's got, he's had like a couple too many glasses of red wine and he gets out. And that's why he tweets like, Ronnie's better than some of these dudes I watch on Lee Pass and stuff. Like, I think he has some of that like, old yeah, I'm surprised we don't see that. Like, who was a Kuzma and Dinwiddie were going after each other? I'm surprised Actually, that was awesome. More. We should have talked about that. that yeah, I'm uh, surprised we don't see more beef like that because it's just like, it's so easy to like, hate on people online yeah it is it is weird i do think um the kyle kuzma beef was really good it, it seems like spencer dinwiddie is like not super well liked around the league uh but also like calling him din shitty like that was just hilarious because you know you'd think of it in like fourth grade but it plays even now as a mid-20s guy so um, plays. that's that's about all i've got you got any other you got no any it's been you? fun it's been a really i'm really excited to watch all the end of these games at least if i can't watch the full game um and because so we're kind of doing this know. thing where I watch the East Coast games until yeah. I can no longer stay awake, and then you watch the end of the West Coast games, and yeah. you can well, fill me we in. Have kids and like you can't like no one's watching three full games a night unless you're like a. So it's really funny, I think, to see who gets like NBA TV. Like I actually forgot that Boston and Atlanta was on. Like I turned on TNT, was watching you know inside the NBA or whatever, and they cut over to. They started talking about the first quarter of Boston and Atlanta. I was like, man, those NBA TV games, they might it's they might as well just like I think not Atlanta exist. forgot they were supposed to play in the playoffs. But now Milwaukee's but hey, on NBA TV Wednesday night. Like because we should know, talk people- about if, if Boston sweeps Atlanta, we should talk about Atlanta next week because talk about bad vibes, like Trey Young stuff. You want to go he was you voted go the most vibes. overrated by his peers. That's not a good sign. No, that's not. And now we're seeing, like you said, like 
Reddit was saying, you know, would you rather have De'Aaron Fox or Trey Young? And I think you do kind of get into that talent alone is not the only thing you need to take into account at this point when you're paying guys max money. And it's interesting because, yeah, and, and it's like that's a hypothetical, silly question, but like. I think Quinn Snyder and the team are going to ask themselves, like, who would you rather have, Trey Young or Deontay Murray? You know, it's like I mean, Dejounte, at least in Game One, I mean, that guy was playing. He seemed like he wanted to be there a little bit more than Trey Young did. And again, I don't know Trey. I just don't see paying both of them huge money to play. But the problem is they can't really pay Murray, if you remember, like oh, like they have to the way the cap happens. I think they can pay him like seventeen or eighteen million or something, Mm. and it's. Like, I remember somebody writing about how stupid the deal was at the time because of that specifically. That, like, if he's really, really good, you got to pay a bunch of tax to keep him, which, they, you know, Atlanta could do. I, w- I wouldn't say that, like, you know, Tony Wrestler's kid, he might be, like, signing up. You know, on, like, video games, you can turn salary cap off and just sign whoever you want. Oh, you can? I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good deal. But, all right, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, um, I would Some like, game six I would like game every seven. series to, to yeah. still be going. But I would imagine... I think Boston and Philly will maybe lose a game. I don't think Boston will lose a game. I think Philly might lose one. They seem way better than Brooklyn. Um, but beyond that, Denver might sweep Minnesota. I could see that too. But all right. So he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Least valuable player column coming out soon. Uh, yes, I've man. seen some of you it. Have, you contributed to it. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next week too because I think there's some some guys we should talk about. But uh, you can email the show, Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week. As always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.